Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I want to talk about something that's always been a big debate. Does money make you happy? Something I know makes a lot of people very happy. They're into music. Concerts are back, but it can cost you big bucks to go to one. I'm going to address that later. So what makes people happy? It's been a lot of deep dive surveys lately because a lot of people, you know, there's so many things where people reassess their lives with COVID. And you know, survey says 80% of Americans believe that making more money automatically makes you happier. And the reality is, once you've met the basics of life, whatever you consider to be the basics to be, more money doesn't actually make you happier. Study after study have shown that. And I think it's important for me to talk about that because there's a tendency for people to misunderstand when you do what I do for a living, that somehow I think money is a god. No, no. Learning how to manage your money, learning to save money, learning to control the debts you have, uh, planning for your future, all those things. Those are all things that are just way stations to get you to where you can make the choices you would want to make in your life with what you do with your time. It's what you do with your time that makes the most difference. You know, I've used this example before. There was a senator from New England forever ago called Paul Songus, and he quit the Senate. I mean, you look at those people, they never quit. They cannot give up the glory. It's the rare senator who can give up being the big shot that they all feel like they are. And everybody tells them all day long how important they are and all that. And so they, they way overstay their welcome. And most die when they're, when they're still in office or they have finally left the Senate just before their time on earth expires. Paul Songas shocked Washington when he resigned because he had a terminal illness and he said, I never knew a dying man who wished he spent more time at his work. And he turned out to be right because survey after survey shows work actually for most people is one of the activities that they enjoy the least or they hate the most, whichever way you want to put it. I actually am lucky enough to be able to be in a position where I work because I want to Not because I have to, because of how I've handled money. So I'm in a position where I can really just do this because I enjoy it. And I've always known that I'll hang up my cleats when I don't enjoy it anymore. That's a football expression. If you don't know it, I'm sorry. But 
as far as what makes people happy, there are all kinds of things that make people the happiest. Having a good love life, exercising, being outside. What do people not enjoy? Work. I mean, surveys show that work is not the thing that leads to happiness. In fact, there was a study that was done by these uh, two economists that found that the only thing that made people more unhappy than work was being sick. And what people really enjoy is they enjoy great weather. I mean, what a shock. You know, everybody calls it my beach. Any beach that I'm at, everybody who knows me calls it my beach. Wherever it is in the world, wherever it is in the United States, I just get a smile on my face. And I notice anytime I'm at any beach, any body of water, what do I do? I take a selfie with me with the body of water behind me. It just brings me so, so much joy. And if I could live anywhere, which doesn't seem to fit me at all, I would live in the most expensive place to live in the United States. It would be the Hawaiian Islands because I just absolutely love Hawaii. So, yes, money has an absolute role in our lives. Money buys things. Money pays for life's necessities. And it pays for life's pleasures, too. But real pleasure comes from experiences. And that's what really counts. That for me, having financial independence from a very young age, from when I retired the first time at 31, has allowed me for the rest of my life to do what I enjoy. Even when that thing is, what for many people is a curse word, work. Because for me, work is not work. It is something that I get pleasure from and enjoy, but not too much work. Krista, okay, uh, you know never to schedule me for too much stuff, absolutely. right? Absolutely. You know no, that. No. And I am so grateful that I do love my job because I've been in jobs where you watch the clock and that is definitely not fun. Right. And it's good if you love the people you work with, too. We work with such great people. This is from Roy in Colorado. Auto service contracts are typically optional, but not for all Toyota dealers. Dealers located in some southeast states are forcing consumers to purchase such plans. I thought you may be interested in some dirty dealer tactics. And he linked to a YouTube video. Yes. Uh, Roy is actually from Colorado and knows about southeast Toyota distributors. And this is an accident of history that Toyota, this may go back to the 1950s or something, and is kind of a legend in automotive, that Toyota was this struggling Japanese automaker following World War II, and they wanted to sell vehicles in the United States, and they didn't have the wherewithal to build out their own dealerships and distribution channels. So in certain territories of the country, Southeast Toyota Distributors is one. There's another one somewhere else in the country. Toyota is only the manufacturer. Everything from that point forward is handled by these monopoly distributors in the states they have the distribution. 
So they do all kinds of stuff that causes enormous reputational harm to Toyota that the Monroney label that goes on a Toyota in the states where they have these third-party distributors is not Toyota's. It is the one from these master distributors, and it goes on the the window, and all these crazy add-ons become part of the cost of the car. And that's why anybody savvy in a territory where these Toyota distributors operates with all these discount airlines and discount one-way tickets, buys a Toyota outside of the region of one of these distributors. Because the difference in cost can be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because of the fake Monroney labels that are considered to be the real one under the law that go on Toyotas in these parts of the country that have these distributors. I don't know if there's any other equivalent with any other automaker other than this crazy situation involving Toyota, but it's why the same exact Toyota can be so much cheaper elsewhere in America than it is in the ones that these distributors have the hammer lock. So maybe travel to another state. Absolutely travel to another state. Shop online, which you can do so easily now. And like, for example, Costco members, where you have the dealer available to you for Toyota through the Costco car buying program or any car buying service is controlled by zip code, right? And they tell you who the dealer is. So you try, see what the price is where you live And then try the price in some other zip codes elsewhere in the country. And gosh, if you can save $5,000 or $3,000 or $3,500 on the purchase of a vehicle by taking a $200 one-way airline flight, do it. This is from Dara in Maryland. Hi, Clark. I've been a listener for a few years now and even have a cat named Clark Howard. He prefers to be called Howie, though. I am 26 years old and recently started working for the federal government. As you are my reliable source for all things finance, I searched your website for information on the thrift savings plan, but couldn't find much. I understand the TSP does not apply to most people, so it's probably not talked about much on the show, but maybe the Clark team would be willing to put out a new blog about the TSP, what it is, the pros, the cons, goals for someone my age and contributing. Okay. So first of all, I don't know about a blog, but we can beef up the content we have on Clark.com. In fact, we call that an article. I think she just means yeah. a, a briefing about the TSP. Okay. Yeah. So we can absolutely do that because we got all our military personnel and civilian federal employees who have access to the best retirement plan in America, the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan. Thrift Savings Plan is the best because it has the lowest cost. used to be called the Life Cycle Fund. It may still be called that. The one that adjusts the mix of investments like a target date fund does in a 401k. And what's so, so, so fantastic about the Thrift Savings Plan is that you have these teensy, tiny management costs, ridiculously almost invisible management costs. So every penny you put in is going to be working for you, not for some fund manager. Put in as much as you possibly can. And unless, I don't know if they still call it a super grade, but even even a low level super grade, uh, which used to be a GS 12 and above, you probably want to look at doing the Roth TSP instead of the traditional 
you got to get to a really, really, really high income before it makes sense to do traditional TSP rather than the Roth version of the TSP and put in the highest percent of your pay DARA you can possibly stand to put into that TSP even up to the max each year. And this is a tough one from Natasha in Alabama. I got overwhelmed with credit card debt and I had a credit firm contact me to consolidate them. I just found out after a year they haven't settled a single debt. They told me to ignore all calls and notes. I called and canceled my account with the firm and asked for my money back. So far, I haven't gotten any money back. What should I do? I am so embarrassed and upset. My credit score is tanked. I am now trying to play catch up. I'm really, really, really sorry, Natasha. And this is a common con. There are all these sleazoids that prey on people who've fallen behind or overwhelmed with credit card debt don't know what databases they buy information on people with um, who are wheezing on credit card debt but then they start contacting them and you're feeling the pressure from the debt and just like with you with so many other people they come and con them and say oh we're going to wave this magic wand we're going to negotiate for you everything's going to be great just pay us all this money up front by the way stop paying all your bills it's just unbelievable that you were having a problem you were trying to manage and now they've created a mountain of issues you have to deal with. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to an actual legitimate credit counselor now. Legitimate. Because they actually do exist. You want to go to the website of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org and find a local legitimate credit counselor near you. You can go meet with them in person at most NFCC affiliates. It is free with virtually every NFCC affiliate for you to go sit down and talk with somebody and get advice about your debts. If they negotiate payment plans for you, they may charge a small management fee for doing that. But let me tell you, rest assured, the payment you would make to them each month will go to satisfy the debts of the creditors who you've fallen behind on. They will stop the debt collection efforts and get you in a payment plan so that you can get right with the debt you have. And please, Natasha, get back with me in six months to let me know how you're doing and if you need additional guidance to deal with these debts. And I would also suggest, Natasha, if you can, if you're on Facebook, we do have a really great group under the Clark Howard Facebook group called Ditch Your Debt. And people are so supportive of each other. You won't feel alone because this is a situation for so many people. So, Thank you, Krista. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you straight ahead, we're moving from the dreadful issues of debt to how much it costs to go entertain yourself these days And what's going on right now when you want to hear live music, when you want to hear your favorite band, whatever, what you need to know about what's going on with ticket prices in the concert venues. The concert business has been through so much, you know, acts really that didn't exist for two years in much of the country. And people hated, I hated, being cooped up being restricted in what activities I could do in my life. 
I, I love being out and about. I love socializing. I love going to events. And, and this was really, really hard on us emotionally, psychologically, all the disruptions that happened from COVID. And so the concert business is roaring back. And in the past, the concert artists, the musical acts you like, the singers you enjoy, they would try to not look greedy and keep the cost of tickets to their concerts low. And all that happened was the artists were trying to defy market forces because what would happen is these bots and all these brokers would buy up the tickets the second they would go available the real fans would get blocked would would get locked out of getting tickets you'd have to buy them secondary market and they'd be a huge markup in the secondary market and the actual act that you love the singer you enjoy the band that you can't wait to see they're not getting any of all that markup so finally Post-COVID, the musical acts are learning that you price out what's called spreading out the buckets. And that's an old pricing thing. Anybody who studied pricing in college, whatever, knows about buckets. And so what you do, and now today it's much more sophisticated than it was when I studied buckets um, back when uh, we lived in the horse and buggy days. I'm not that old. But anyway, back long ago is now you're going to find that the great, great front of the house seats are going to go for a huge amount of money being sold by the original promoter. The idea is why give that money to some broker who may even be a shady person or a con artist who doesn't even deliver tickets or whatever, that you're getting them right from the, from the promoter promoting for that band or singer. I love that. But then what it means is you're seeing these prices that are like, you've got to be kidding me. How could it be that much money to go to a concert in the thousands of dollars? And then at the same time, again, what's called the bucket system, as you move away from the most primo seats and you move to my seats, obstructed view, back of the house, that kind of stuff, the tickets are the cheapest they've ever been. And this is how advanced pricing analytics work, is that you price each seat based on what the expected demand is, dynamic demand. So with concerts, if, the, if it's just to be in the building, it's just to be there where the act is playing, and you don't mind being behind an obstructed pole. I remember forever ago, I was going with a woman I was dating who was all about Cirque du Soleil. And Krista, I don't know if you know this story. I do not think I know this one. No, this was before I knew you. This is way, way back. Okay, back in the day. Way back. And so I was just dying how much it was for the it's Cirque expensive. du Soleil tickets. Yeah. So they had this deal on obstructed view no, you didn't. seats. Yes, I did. <laughs> I bought two obstructed 
few seats. And when I say they were obstructed view, I mean they were turned out to be obstructed view. You're staring at a pole, right? Yeah. So I think that was the last date (laughs) I ever had. (laughs) That turned out, so who knows what would have happened otherwise, but turned out uh, to be deadly to the relationship. But that's classic classic Clark, Clark. isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, with... um, with concerts, um, I'm I'm not really into music, so I would probably make the same mistake again if it were. Well, a music I think act. it's like at least you can still fully hear the music. Like Cirque du Soleil is so much about visual. Visual, yeah. I think you have to consider, you know, yeah, where you are. Yeah. But oh, well, that's okay because you ended up with the most amazing woman on the planet. So. Yeah, you know, it's really a shame for her. My poor soul wife. How did she get stuck with me? (laughs) Okay, let's go to some questions. I have two I'm going to read together first because they're similar. Ben in Florida, I'm paying my 10-year-old son to clean our pool each week. He does the same routine a company would do if I paid them to do it. Can this money be deposited into a Roth IRA? And if so, are there any reporting requirements I need to follow for the IRS? Then John, also in Florida, my son is in high school and works part-time. He is accumulating money in a savings account that is paying almost nothing. What is a good way to invest his money? I would like an investment he can continue once he finishes school and works full-time. So let me deal with John first and then Ben. So John, your son can take that money because he's working at a job, doing work part-time, And he can open a Roth IRA just like any other working person of basically any age. So he can put the money in, it will grow tax-free, and ultimately be spent tax-free in retirement. So you may not be thinking about that for your son, about retirement as a teenager. But I want you to think about this. With a Roth, at any time tax-free and penalty-free, you can pull out the money you've contributed. Not anything it earns, but the money that you've contributed. He may find he contributes to it, sees nice growth in it, and he's like, I'm not going to touch that money. I'm going to let it build for the future because money put in as a teen becomes huge money. Every dollar put in compounds so many times invested over the decades that a Roth IRA is where it's at. Do it with one of the low-cost companies on my low-cost investing guide, and you're not going to pay any commissions, any junk fees, any high management fees. Now, for Ben, Ben, I got bad news for you. You need your son cleaning your neighbor's pool because then your son is earning money from not a family member for chores, earning money for actually doing work What he's doing for you is work, but when it's under your own roof at your own house, you're not eligible to put money in a Roth IRA. So your son's learned how to properly maintain a pool and clean a pool at 10 years old. Awesome. So great. So now uh, he can go do it for other neighbors and that money can go into a Roth IRA. Okay, and this is from Joel. Every time I hear someone complaining about mysterious credit card charges found weeks after they happened, I ask myself, am I the only one looking at all my transactions every day in Mint? Well, am I? Yes, you are, Joel. <laughs> you, are, you may be the only human being on planet Earth 
who has credit cards, who's actually looking at the charge activity every day. And you don't have to, to prevent the ability to dispute fraudulent charges, you don't have to look every day. You only have to discover it within 60 days of when the charge posts. So that's why I try something else, Joel. And that is, so here's the other thing. You're looking every day. Almost nobody looks even once a month. And what you don't know can hurt you because a lot of criminal activity involves putting little teeny charges on many, many people's credit card statements, usually under $10 for something innocuous without much of a description. And many times people won't notice for years. I remember when there was a bank that was working in cahoots with a criminal ring. Do you remember this? This was years ago that they sold off all their credit card numbers to a criminal ring that put through these small phony charges month after month. And it was only discovered after years because somebody finally noticed and complained. And then the bank examiners realized all these things were happening to customers of one particular bank that had sold the information. So people didn't even notice for years that fraudulent activity was happening. So that's why it's really important for you to not necessarily do what you're doing, Joel, because that is really something that you're looking every day. But once a month, it only takes a couple minutes, go through each line item on your credit card bill, and that will help you to spot fraud before it's past too late for you to dispute it and keep your money as your money. Once 61 days happens after a charge, you lose your rights forever to get that money back. So life's not forever. My dad used to say life is 99 rounds. And as we end today's podcast, I want you to think about this. Life is going to throw bad rounds at you. You're going to get hit with that left hook out of nowhere. And you're going to have to pick yourself up and you got to keep going forward. We all make mistakes and then there are things that just happen to us in life. Learn from the mistakes, move forward, and use them as building blocks to have that full, complete, and wonderful life that's in front of you.